0: We believe that alcoholism is a disease and that Alcoholics Anonymous is one solution to that disease. I'm here to bring you the voices of its members. Everyone that comes on the show, including myself, is an active member and has found recovery in the rooms of AA. As you listen, please take what works for you and leave the rest.
1: My name is Amara and I'm an alcoholic. I'd like to start off by thanking Tara for asking me to share. It's always a pleasure to uh, take part in my recovery. And uh, to anyone who's listening that is new or newly coming back, I wish to say, I hope you're beat. I hope you're beat so bad you don't have another fight left in you. Because if you're anything like me, if you have one more way out, one more option, one more brilliant idea... You will not stick around. I, um, you know, my 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 drinking career uh, was really uh, quite fun. I have to say, you know, there is a there is a saying that uh, I let's see how did it go. Uh, you know, I wouldn't trade my my worst day drunk for my best day sober. And personally, I just think you didn't have a lot of fun drinking because it was a lot of fun for, for, uh, for myself. I was, uh, I was, uh, I'm half Iraqi, half Iranian. So when I was about a year old, my mom died in a car accident. And then I bounced around from house to house. And, uh, I ended up, um, I, 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 finally lived with my dad i mean I knew who my dad was but i finally lived with him when I was about 10 so i didn't even really know him, who he, i didn't know him until until I was 10. and uh i think he was a fairly fairly normal upbringing the 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 up to the 10 part there was a kind of a there was a lot of uh uncertainty inconsistency a lot of bouncing around now, all of these things are just my life situations uh they're not uh, they don't have anything to do with why I'm an alcoholic but I'm um, just giving you this this, this background and uh, I, uh, I moved to the states when I was 10 and I started living with my dad. and um, I had a fairly a fairly late start, I would say. By the way, I just so you know I, I, I got sober on uh, my sobriety date is um, October 8 2000 so I celebrated 21 years a couple of months ago. And uh, it was not a pretty road to travel. I'll tell you that much, and I'll explain it uh, in a moment. So, so what happened was, uh, yeah, I, I had a fairly late start, I think, uh, with today's, um, uh, when you uh, uh, compare it to today. I, I, I started drinking somewhere around 15. And it was always, it, the, the thing is, with drinking, for it was so much fun. It was always a lot of uh, a lot of camaraderie. It was always a group thing. There were house parties, pool parties, beach parties, club parties, street parties. You know, there was a lot of traveling. I I, I traveled to South America. I traveled to uh, through uh, Europe. I I spent one New Year's in Berlin, one New Year's in London, one New Year's in in. Um, in, in, in Paris on Champs Elysees all drunk bon année, just totally it was a lot of lot of lot of fun I you know spent a lot of time in Amsterdam and it just it was a it was a really 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 good time I mean when I was about about fifteen we started drinking and but it was it was something that we might do like once a month just, you know, we'd have somebody buy us some beers and we'd drink two or three beers and we'd giggle and laugh and that would be it. Uh, I think when I was around 18 is when it uh, it became kind of like an every weekend thing, but it was like one day, maybe Friday night or a Saturday night, we'd, 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 we'd go to a club and we'd, we'd have something to drink. But then that was it. The rest of the week, it was, you know, it was working or whatever it was going on. It was just a regular... Uh, uh, it was life as usual. And then when I was around 21, I moved out of my parents' house, and that's really where it became a much more uh, uh, exhilarating part of my life. It was, uh, it was every weekend, um, and uh, since I was the only one that moved out of uh, uh, my parents' house, all my friends had, were still living at home, so there was a lot of uh, friends that were at my house all the time, or, uh, if we went out, you know, into the wee hours of the morning, they would just come and crash at my place and the party would continue. It was always something like that. And um, so there was there was this just a really, really good time. You know, it was a, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And I'm sure um, you might be thinking to yourself, why, why did you stop then? Because, uh, and also another thing is, um, I always had the same um, I always had the same this I, I lived at the same place for for 13 years. I owned my own place. I, I lived in um, I worked at the same job for 17 years. I was never arrested. I never went to jail, so I, I really was this kind of functioning alcoholic that that was able to continue this 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 lifestyle. Because uh, when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was uh, I was spiritually, emotionally uh, bankrupt, and so I was uh, I was not uh, you know living on the streets, but I uh, the the emotions were. I was just, just really sad all the time. Uh, uh there was a huge loneliness and, I, and I'll get into that as well. But there were times, um, before I came to Alcoholics Anonymous in, in 2000, maybe four or five, even, maybe even just about four, about four years before that, I remember there were these seeds. Uh, that were planted in my mind. Like I, I remember being—I think I was around 26—and my uh, my. I asked my cousin one time we we're, were partying, and I asked my cousin, "Do you think I drink too much?" And he said to me, "Well, I don't think so, but why don't you do this? Why don't you not drink for 30 days, and then?" Um, if you can do the whole 30 days, then uh, you're not an alcoholic. So I, I remember not drinking for uh, 17 days. And then I had this, this brilliant idea, a thought came to my mind that was, if I could go 17 days without drinking, uh, then I can definitely go the other 30, 13 days. And that it's okay for me to drink. So I went ahead, and I, I remember pouring myself a, a a drink, and I and I love doing shots. I just I loved it. I love tequila shots, whiskey shots, vodka shots. You know, um, whiskey. I just love doing shots. I, I just I mean I drank beer and wine, but I hated it. And so, um, so I I was about to take this this tequila shot, and the thought came to my mind that. Um, you didn't go the 30 days. You only went 17. But I dismissed that really quickly. But that, that, the fact that I didn't drink, that, that I didn't make it, sorry, that I didn't make it for 30 days really messed with my head. Like it, it was, it was this one, one seat. Or I remember I went, um, I went to, uh, uh, uh the, uh, the supermarket. And while I was there, I I had I would buy these handles like these 1.75 liter uh, bottles of of whiskey, 1.75 liter bottle of um, uh, tequila, 1.75 liters of of, uh, scotch and 1.75 liter of uh, tequila. Like these tequila whiskey and uh, think these four. And these would last me 11 days. Uh, they would last about 14 days if nobody came over. But they, they would, they usually last about 11 days. And I remember being at Ralph's, uh, at the supermarket one time. And while I was standing in line, I had that, those four items, maybe uh, some beers or some, 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 um, limes for the tequila. Had some friends coming over, and uh, the, the, the gentleman behind me said, "Oh, you have having a party?" And I told him, "No, just for myself." And uh, he said, uh, he said uh, he started laughing, and he said, "It'll take you uh, over a year to finish all of that alcohol by yourself." And I turned to him and I said, "No, nope, just 11 days." And he started laughing, and I started laughing, and I left there. Thinking, what was so funny about that? But that again was a seed that was planted in my head. And, um, uh, you know, I also remember one time I went to a, to a doctor's office and uh, before, before I had, uh, for this examination, and, and, and so I, I had these, these papers that I had to fill out, these questionnaires. And this questionnaire had so many questions about, you know, allergies, this and that. And then there was this one question. It were just pages of of questions, right? And there was this one question that asked, uh, that stated, number of days per week you drink. And at that moment, I remembered my father. And my father said there were two people on this planet that you never, ever lie to. One is your accountant. And the second one is your doctor. Like these two people are are two that you never, ever lie to under any circumstances. So remembering what my father said, I just wrote seven. And um, I was in the the doctor's office and uh, he said to me uh, as we were talking and he said, So, Ahmad, do you drink? And I said, I'm just a social drinker. And he, he hit the page of this questionnaire and he says, but it says here number of days per week you drink is seven. I said, Doc, I'm extremely social. I mean, I'm extremely social. If, if being social was a profession, I'd be at the top of my game, Doc. I'd be at the top. And he said, well, uh, do you smoke? I said, nah, Doc, I don't. Well, only when I drink. So for me, I, I walked into that doctor's office, Thinking I'm a social drinker. I'm a non-smoking social drinker. And I walked out realizing I'm a daily drinker and smoker. But it took another four years before I actually stopped. Um, you know, um, I never had a problem with alcohol uh, until I decided to stop That's when it became a problem because up to that point, I could drink. uh, I could stop anytime I wanted to, but I just didn't want to. And then there was this time where I began to try to somehow control it, somehow try to manage it, somehow try to lessen it, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Um, I even tried one time. And um, not drinking in the state which I live, and I live in California. So what I ended up doing was I, I took a lot of trips. You know, I would I would drive three hours just to cross the border into Mexico, and then I could drink. You know, I would go to Vegas, and then it got to a point where I wasn't even going to Vegas. I would just go go, and, and as soon as you cross the border, there was a there was a, um, a, a, a like a casino. I would just make it there. I wouldn't even make it to Vegas anymore. And I would I would go to Miami. I would go to you know Seattle I would like constantly be traveling just in order to be able to get out of the state so I I, I could stop but I couldn't stay stopped and this this also really created a uh, a problem like like this one time we had gone to Vegas and uh, this is you know uh, uh, and I think we drank for and and drugs for like some 20 hour period and um, i got so incredibly violently sick just sick that i was probably throwing up for a good 24 hours it was just you know just horrible how sick i was and i remember praying to a god i didn't believe in that i just wanted help i just wanted i just wanted this to stop and if it would i would i would quit drinking for uh, a week and i knew myself i knew that i couldn't swear off a year or a month. I just said seven days. I, I'm going to not drink. I'm going to have some salad. I'm going to enjoy some juice and just kind of replenish the body, nourish it and things like that. Just give it a, a break from from the toxins and the, and the drugs and the smoking and everything that was happening with it. And once I stopped throwing up, there was a like about maybe two hours after I actually I finally stopped throwing up. I was able to eat a piece of toast and keep it down. And shortly after, a friend of mine called me from a pool hall, and he said, "Hey, we're shooting some pool. You want to come join us?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So I went down to the pool hall. And I was just finally, my stomach had settled, and you know we were just gonna, I was just gonna hang out. And he said, "You want a beer?" And I said, "Yeah, okay, I'll have a beer." And I just started drinking. We had a, we had a pitcher, and then once we finished the pitcher, I told, I grabbed the pitcher. I said, "I'm getting the next round." So I was, I went to the barkeep to, to the bartender to, to to get myself another pitcher. When the thought occurred, hey, you weren't going to drink. For a week, and yet you're drinking, and uh, but shortly thereafter, the next thought was, "Ah, "It's just beer; it doesn't count." So I, I constantly had these 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 um, these seeds planted, but it it took years before I actually stopped. I I I just, as I said, I I loved drinking. It was a really a, a, a huge social social event We were always in groups and parties and it was so much so much so much fun until um you know i even there was a time where uh the friend that i the group core group of friends that i used to drink with ended up one moved uh, out of the country one moved to miami uh another one got sober right so they were There was, uh, I was kind of, I was by myself and I, and I also did quite a bit of drinking and partying by myself. And I, and I really also enjoyed that. Um, not that I was alone because what my style was, I would like go to a, go to a club or a bar or whatever. And I would, and I had this, this style where I would look for a group of people that were drinking usually you know, a mix of guys and girls, like three guys, two girls or three girls and two guys or two couples or something like that. I would look for a group and then I'd start talking to one of the guys. I just, and and I'm, 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 I was, I was, I was, was, you know, lively and, and, uh, and, and funny. So we would just be kind of just shooting the shit and just, just talking, just talking. And, and, after a little while, let's say I'm talking to a guy named uh, Bobby and, and, and uh, Bobby's girlfriend, Shirley. Everybody would be asking, Shirley, Shirley, who's that guy? And she said, I don't know. Let's we'll go find out. So Shirley would come over, start, start just to kind of introduce herself and see who I am. And then we, the three of us would start talking. And now the three of us are talking and laughing and the others would come. And then I'd meet this group of people. I'd hang out with them for about 20 minutes and then I'd tell them, you know what? I, uh, it was really nice meeting you guys. I'm going to go find my friends. Of course, I, I was there alone, but I would just tell them I'm going to go find my friends. I'd go to the bar. I'd have a couple of drinks, um, you know, and then I'd look for another group and I'd do the exact same thing again. And then I would, after 20 minutes, I would leave them. I would, uh, you know, go back to the bar, have more drinks and and maybe maybe even do it a third time. So then at some point, I'm walking around this bar or this club, and I bump into the first group, right? And I'm like, hey, Bobby! And we're dancing, or we're just talking, or we're catching up, and they say, oh, we saw you found your friend. And I'm like, what? Who? Oh, yeah, 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 friends. Right, right, right. I found my friend. And uh, by the end of the night, I was getting numbers. They were saying, Hey, we're having a party, you know, next week, uh, it's Bobby's birthday or, or you know, Shirley's this or that. And uh, a party at Shirley's house. And I would get their information and I would go to that party by myself and I would just meet a whole bunch of people. So this is why it was a lot of fun. And, um, probably asking, well, why, why did I stop? Is because, um, Alcohol. I think in the book says alcohol ceased to be a luxury, and uh, it, I got to a point where ninety-five percent of my free time was used uh, was was spent drinking and drugging. It was just it was constant. If I work, I, I, I when I worked, I couldn't drink, but outside of that every minute of it was, was just used for drinking and drugging that 5% that wasn't was because I was just too hungover. I just couldn't drink or or, 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 or do any drugs at that time. I was just, I needed that time to recuperate like that couple of hours where I had the toast, you know, outside of that, I was, um, I was just, I was just drinking and I, and I, and I, I I uh, I started thinking that you know I wanted to stop and I couldn't I just couldn't and that's when it really became a, a, an issue with the fact that I I really wanted to maybe not drink for an evening and it and it wouldn't happen I would drink anyway and these, these, these uh, occurrences, um, happened over and over again until I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. And when I came uh, initially to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, I was uh, what we call, I guess, a chronic relapser because I, I, I came to Alcoholics Anonymous so that, uh, they could teach me how to, uh, drink, uh, snort cocaine and, uh, smoke, uh, weed like a, like a gentleman. That was my focus. I didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous. I just knew that it was a place that when people you know, can't control their drinking, they go to. But I didn't have any idea about accident and spiritual program and, and, and being a servant. None of that stuff. I mean, I just came just strictly, strictly, strictly to, uh, to uh, be taught how to continue drinking. And um, as, as miserable as I was, again, I was this, this functioning alcoholic. So as miserable as I was in my, in my, in my life, in my existence, um, when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was defiant. I just, you know, uh, I, was, I was given direction by a sponsor, and I would argue, and I would debate, like, this is, this is just, it doesn't make sense, you know. Uh, this is this is crappy. That like, guy's an idiot. Like there was always these 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 uh, arguments that I would make, and I just you know I couldn't I couldn't stay sober. I I I, I would have two days I'd relapse, I'd four days I'd relapse. Like you know I think I made it to thirty days once and I relapsed. Like I just I just constantly relapse and um and I ended up I just I ended up realizing or thinking not realizing I ended up thinking that uh, what what I really I had a lot of problems a lot of uh, you know this uh, uh, growing up bouncing around from house to house was uh, quite a bit of, of, of violence that was involved in it and I and I uh, I, I thought maybe that that childhood or, or, or all of these different things that that I experienced was what what was causing these problems. Uh, that my mom died and, you know, my uh, parents weren't there and all these different things uh, that, you know, if I, if I could go get therapy and have it resolved, then then I wouldn't be drinking anymore. But none of that, none of that worked. I, I got therapy. I just, nothing, nothing ever worked. But I, I thought this is what I need to do. So I um, I ended up telling my uh, my sponsor at the time, I so I thanked him very much for his help. And uh, I thanked him for his time and that I didn't I didn't uh, need his, his services any further uh, because I had problems and uh, drinking was not one of them. Alcohol was not one of them. And his response to me was maybe you've got this thing, lit. maybe your case is different. And uh, I told him that's, that's exactly why I chose you as a sponsor, because you're just so incredibly intelligent and you realize this. And uh, then started a real downward spiral for me where either I was drinking or I was thinking about drinking. But it was a very horrible time where I just, you know, I remember like, I I, I I would work from seven at night to seven in the morning and then I would get home at around eight in the morning and I'd, I'd want to have a shot of tequila, but I think it was too early. It's kind of alcoholic to be drinking at eight in the morning, but for me, it's five in the afternoon, like It's happy hour. I just got off of work, but it seemed pretty alcoholic to be drinking at eight in the morning. So I would, I would wait till noon, but noon is kind of alcoholic. Like I just waited till noon and now because it's 12 o'clock, I can just drink. So I, I should wait until five and because everybody's drinking at five and it's happy hour for everybody. And then five o'clock would roll around. I think, well, wow, that's pretty alcoholic for someone to be waiting till five o'clock and then drink. Finally, at eight or nine or something, seven, I would finally just start drinking. I mean, it was just a horrible, horrible existence. Until, uh, until um, October uh, 7, 2000, which was my last day, uh, drinking and dragging. I had, I had, uh, and I had drank. I, I don't know. I was drinking and drinking for some good. Uh, you know, twenty hours, I was thirty hours. I was just, uh, and I, I, I remember it was about six, you no, know, seven. It was, it was a morning. It was a morning time. I had already done so much coke and marijuana and xanax and just so much so much alcohol and drugs. that's that's the thing with um i I love tequila i just love uh alcohol i love doing shots um but it would always go to like two in the morning or three in the morning and then i'm you know kind of stumbling and falling over and then i would i would i would um uh uh, do a couple of lines of coke to kind of you know, get that boost and keep the party going, and then I'd be so hot on the coke that I'd smoke a bong low to take the edge off, and then I'd pop a Xanax to kind of really bring me down, and then I'd wash it down with some tequila, and then once I got drunk, I'd do the coke again. And I remember, you know, it was kind of... Um, I, I if if you think I always thought like I thought of a of a gauge you know like gauges in your car like if there's a there's a gauge for gas there's a gauge for speed there's a gauge for your RPMs there's a gauge for your battery there's a gauge for your oil there's a gauge for temperature like these gauges these different gauges in your car and I had these different gauges also right. And these gauges, like there was this, um, like I I had a gauge for alcohol, uh, a gauge for drugs, a gauge for sex, a gauge for food, and a gauge for sleep. And the... And the and the the um, the struggle was always to make sure that you that you get these gauges just at the right level. Like I would drink, 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 and then the gauge would be just right with the alcohol. And then uh I start doing drugs and then I have to drink a little bit more to bring the, the the gauge of the alcohol back. So now I'm drinking and I'm dragging and I'm drinking and I'm dragging and, and these are these are good and then I, I kinda wanna get my groove on. So then I you have sex, but then you need to also have more drinking and then do some more drugs and then maybe I'm, I'm you know I've been partying for like 20 hours so I need some 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 nutrition uh some nourishment to the body so I would eat a little something if I could and then I would do some more use some more drugs and then I would eat some more and then I, then it's like my you know maybe I've been doing this for 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 a day a day and a half and I just needed rest I, need, I needed to rest my bones and I would I would sleep and we'll, you know I would wake up all of the gauges are messed up now all of the gauges are off and then I, and this whole process would start all over again. And that's, uh, that was really just, uh, the, the, um, towards the end of the drinking. It was always this thing of trying to get these gauges right I and mean, you could never get the gauge. There was this one time. There was this one time I remember. Uh, I was, I, I, I traveled through, through South America and, and, and Brazil and we, we traveled by bus, by plane, by, you know, we rented a car. It was just, it was a, it was a huge party. It was like, we were traveling through a different state. It was just a, an amazing time. And, and, uh, we had, uh, picked up, uh, what uh, we had actually, what we were doing is, we had picked up these girls uh, in a certain state, and we rented a car and we we drove south to a different state altogether. And we were partying with these girls, and it was just so much fun. It was a blast, and it was great to be with natives, and we were just having a really good time. And then we had dropped them off at the uh, at the bus station so they could go back to their state, and we drove to the airport and we flew to a, to a much further northern state in Brazil. And I remember sitting in the airplane, and and every single one of those gauges were just right, right on. Um, I had just enough alcohol, just enough drugs, just enough sex, just enough food, and just enough sleep. Every single gauge was exactly on the marker. And I have to tell you, it, must, it was the most wonderful the most blissful, <sighs> immaculate twelve seconds of my life, because that's exactly how long it lasted. I was just in this wonderful space, and I started looking around, like, "Where the heck is the waiter? Uh, the uh, stewardess? Why can't I get what do I? Who, who do I have to speak with to get a drink around me? And my buddy like, said, you know, <laughs> We're still in the you know, we're still in the jet where we haven't even taken off yet." And uh, and so there was always this, this struggle. So on, on this last day on October eighth, two thousand, I had done all these drugs and I you know, to keep these gauges going. And it was in the morning, whatever time it was. And I remember I, I, I lived on the fourth floor and I looked outside the window and down into the street, and what it looked like was this family um just like a mom and a dad and, and uh, some kids, these little kids and one little little older. They were dressed so nice. They were just dressed so nicely. And uh, the little girl was being a little girl and they were talking and laughing. And it looked like maybe, from, to me, I think they were going to church. Like I thought they were going to church. And then I looked, uh, there was this other woman, she was running, and she was running with her her golden retriever, and there was this other man. Like, I just saw this whole world that was waking up, and I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel happy, I didn't feel sad, I didn't feel depressed, I didn't feel hungry, I felt nothing. And I remember thinking, this is what it feels like to be dead. This must be what it feels like, because I felt nothing. And uh, I had this brilliant idea that what I would do is I would do all of the drugs that I had and just be done with it. So I had to think about a gram of coke and, and I just, and I did it all right at one time. And I remember the, my heart started beating and uh, beads I could actually physically see beads of sweat forming on my forehead. And, um, and, 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 I, and I knew that I was going to die right now. And uh, the thought that came to me was, tomorrow, uh, they're going to find my dead, overdosed body, and they'll never know that tomorrow I was going to quit. And I did that. I prayed to a God I didn't believe in. I said, God, please help me. And instantly, I felt calm. I felt this sense of ease and comfort. And uh, the following day was when I I went to a meeting and I went to see my sponsor, and uh, he's uh, and uh, and and this 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 whole this whole uh, trip in Alcoholics Anonymous began for me. Mm. Um, that time when I went the last time to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous in October of two thousand was when when I actually follow direction. When I was given a direction, I, I didn't debate because I knew I didn't know a thing. So I, I, and my way didn't work. I was just beaten. That's why. And I started with, I hope you're beaten so bad. You, you have, you know, that, uh, you just ready. You know, you just, you just, there's nothing left. There's no more options and nothing else left. And, uh, and my life began to transform, you know, my life began to transform. And, um, you know, I have to say that, uh, you know, on, on page 50, it says, um, in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. Um, the, the, the third step, the uh, the, th- the third tradition, actually, the third tradition says that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. However, a desire to stop drinking is not the only requirement for recovery. A desire to stop drinking is not the only requirement for, uh, for a happy, healthy, um, joyous life, right? Action is. And when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous in in, in October 8th of 2000, I was ready to take action. I was I was I was done sitting on the sidelines. I was done with with my own ideas of what I thought should happen. And so. um, You know. Uh, I, I followed, I started following the direction and my life really, really began to change. You know, on, on page 60, it says the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And that's what I gave up. I gave up the fact that I, I knew what was best. I knew how to do it. I, I had confidence or so I thought. And I would push through whatever I would need to. I could do this on my own. I could, I could, I could, um, uh, uh, you know, because my background and 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 the education that I had and everything else that I was doing would help me. But it didn't. It didn't because I didn't have the tools that I needed. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to stay sober, and and um, and I I didn't need to do it alone. And on, on page fourteen it says, For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work, work and self sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And I and I had I had um I had no tools. And it says faith without works is dead, faith without action is dead, and I had zero tools. And I needed to learn these things all over again. I needed to be guided. And it, it says, you know, about faith without works is dead. It says it on page 88 as well in the chapter that's called into action. You know, it says, but this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. Again, it's talking about work, right? It's, take, it's, it's talking about taking action. And that's what I realized that I needed to do. And I, and I, and I began doing it. You know, uh, on uh, on on page uh, on page seventy nine, it says, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lens to find a spiritual experience. I want to give you a, an example of going to any lengths. Um, I, I I remember one night I was at this club and 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 the. Um, You know, in California and LA, you know, uh, there's last call and the clubs close at two in the morning because you can't serve alcohol any further. So I left the club at two in the morning and I drove to the hood to, um, to go score some crack. Now, about a mile before I got to the the location where I needed to score my crack, uh, my car broke down and I just kind of rolled right into a street uh, just the parking uh, at at a parking meter. I ended up walking a mile into the hood on foot. I got my ass beat, beat, and and uh, and mugged, and uh, then I ended up walking a mile back to the car. I cleaned up my myself, all the blood. I walked to a to a bank. I got more money. I went back to the. I walked back into the hood on the exact exact same corner that I got beaten, and I bought that. Um, uh, crack. I walked a mile back to my car. I smoked that crack, and then this whole process started all over again. I went to the bank. I went to the. I walked a mile into the hood. I got the crack. Came back to the car. This went on until like nine or ten in the morning. Until finally, I called AAA to take uh, to take my car and me home. That is going to any lens. And then I come to Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And I start, I start, you know, asking like, you know, questions like, well, uh, you know, you say I need to go to meetings forever, but you mean like forever, like forever, like forever, ever, like like you know. And then you you talk about about needing to help people. Like, how many people am I supposed? to, Is there a quota that I can meet, and then I'm done helping people? Like, I have all of these things. Like, I'm not willing to do what it takes in order to stay sober. I I still, you know, and and defiant. I have these rules and regulations, right? This is when it was when I when I first came. But on October eighth, these were gone. Right? I didn't have those anymore. Um, uh, 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 you know, I, I, was, um, I was just done, right? They, they, on page 42, it says, Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Here I am initially thinking I know better. Although these people have gone, Right, uh, uh, have done it, and it says. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. So here I am, my life a mess. i thinking this is this is pretty drastic. What you're asking you to to go to meetings and all of this business. But I I, 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 I finally, I was done. I was done, you know, and um, and I started going to meetings on a regular basis. I followed. Uh, all of the all of the direction right and and on page 25 it says when therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved there was nothing left for us to do it was about to pick up a simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. And that's what this whole program is. It is a spiritual program. And that's what I gained out of it, right? This whole program is, is, is based on growth, right? It's about growth. It's about emotional growth, financial growth, growth in your relationships, growth in your bank account, growth, you know, physically. It's just, it's all about growth. And it all happens through this program and through the actions that we take. But I, I needed that, uh, that guidance, right? And, and, uh, for me, what happened was at, 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 um, at four years of sobriety, my life was transformed, totally and absolutely transformed. And I stepped away from Alcoholics Anonymous because my life had gotten too good, way too good. And, uh, I didn't totally step away. Um, you know, I made my cameo appearances to alcoholics and I was like, I'd, I'd, go to a meeting quarterly, you know, just to, just to show up my face or I would call my sponsor regularly, you know, biannually every, every six months, just to, just to complain about how crappy life is. And I ended up becoming, uh, I, I got to a point where I ended up being, um, uh, what they call, uh, you know, the, the on page 52. And, and what happened for me at, 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 uh, at, uh, at about 17 years of sobriety, almost 18 years of sobriety, I became suicidal. Like the, the what they taught that, you know, we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional we natures. We were creating misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. And that's what, that, that, that was exactly me. At 17, almost 18 years of sobriety, um, uh, you know, my wife wanted a divorce. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. I was, uh, my health was deteriorating. I was working, you know, 14, 16 hours a day, six, sometimes seven days a week. I was sleeping three tops, four hours a night. And I was living in constant fear, worry, and anxiety, right? I was done. I had reached what the book calls the bitter end. I was done. And on September 13, 2017, at 7.45 a.m., I left my house to go commit suicide. I was done with this existence. I never picked up a drink. And the reason is because I had conceded to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic. I knew I was an alcoholic, and my drinking wouldn't solve it. So I just wanted to kill myself, have have the family get the insurance money, and be done with it. Um. Now, a series of actions or a series of events took place from the time I left my house to the time um, I I got to my dying destination. And that is is really a story all on its own. But what, uh, what, what ended up happening at the end of that was the fact that I realized I needed to take a series of actions and killing myself was not one of them. So I came back to Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And uh, just just real quick on fear, I, I have to say on, on page sixty eight it says we feel, uh, uh, we think fear ought to be classed with stealing, but it doesn't tell you why. And the reason is because fear robs me of my serenity, fear robs me of my peace of mind, fear robs my wife of a, of a loving husband, fear robs my son of an attentive father, fear robs my employer of an efficient worker, fear's a and it robs, and I and I was living constant fear, worry, and anxiety, and I just couldn't take it anymore, you know. And uh, and so uh, I ended up uh, coming back to Alcoholics Anonymous uh, in uh, in uh, when I was about yeah almost eighteen years sober. And uh, and and I did it like a newcomer all over. I did 90 and 90. I redid the steps again. I started contacting five guys a day, um, and uh, slowly but surely, you know, I I I, I started receiving that uh, the the transformation that occurs, the peace, the comfort. You know, here I, I'm, I'm sitting right now. You know, here three four years after the fact, but I have to say that um, if you look at my life on the outside. From the outside, it's exactly the same. Like there's nothing, nothing like financially. I might not be in a better situation. My wife still wants a divorce, but we still live together and we love each other. We support each other. We motivate each other. We inspire each other. We laugh a lot in my household. Right. So, so when I sleep, I, it takes me somewhere between 12 to 17 seconds to fall asleep and I sleep. Really good. And that's 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 the priceless gift that I've been given. The sense of contentment no matter what is going on in my life and that's what I wish for for anyone in Alcoholics Anonymous you know and so there's this there's this what where and how right it's like what what am I supposed to do with the spiritual experience that that I'm supposed to receive you know how do I get it where do I find it so the what is really it says it tells me uh or the what on uh on page 15, where am I? Here, On 60, I mean, it says having... Step 12 is having had a spiritual uh, uh, awakening. Now, it doesn't say we hope you've had a spiritual awakening. Maybe you've had a spiritual... I hope by now you possibly could have a spiritual awakening. It says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Not a result, as the result of these steps. Now, Alcoholics Anonymous does not have... Um, does not have a monopoly on spiritual experiences, but it's telling me that if I if I do these steps, I, the result will be a spiritual awakening, right? And then it says we try to carry this message to alcoholics. Now we try to carry this message to everyone, but especially alcoholics. But we do it everywhere. And then there's this and right. Yeah, that's the one thing. There's always this. You know, you can do this as long as you can do that. However. Right, there's always this 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 disclaimer right after it, right? You know, so it says it's alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So this is what I'm supposed to do with this spiritual experience once I get it, is to is to practice these principles in all our affairs. So what it's telling me is I can't be a saint in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous for an hour and then be a jerk the next twenty-three hours outside of those. I have to actually practice these in all of my faith, right? Um, and, um, And then I have to find out where. Like, where can I get this spiritual experience? And it says to me, we found, on page 55, it says we found the great reality deep down within us. It is in the last analysis. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It is so with us. And it was so with me because I I needed, um, uh, you know, I looked for that spiritual experience. I looked for that peace. I looked for that ease and comfort that comes at once from taking a drink. I looked for it in alcohol. I looked for it in drugs. I looked for it in women. I looked for it in money. I looked for it in prestige, right? Um and and it didn't none none of i couldn't find it anywhere there but then it says again that we found this great reality deep within and that's the where right uh uh and um on page 25 it, it talks about uh on page 25 it talks about uh where am i um uh right here uh We have we have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence, which we had not even dreamed. Now, when you think of rocket, you think of space, a rocket shooting out to space, right? But it says we have been rocketed into, not out to, but into a fourth dimension of existence, right? And that's where it's telling me that it's always been with me. And it says so again on page eight. It's on page 8. It says, I was soon to be catapulted. And when you think of a catapult, again, it shoots out, right? But it says catapulted into, not out to, but into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. Um, you know, there is this... Um, so, so this is this is the whole. Um, this is what this whole program is about. It's about growth, and there's it, it there's this there's this expansion that occurs, and it says it over and over again in 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 the book, right? Um, all went well for a while, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. You know, for if an alcoholic failed to enlarge his spiritual life. You know, that was growth, we have to start somewhere. You know, it's always talking, constantly talking about growth. And there is this there is this expansion that occurs. Now that everything has an ebb and flow. So there's this there's this expansion that occurs, uh, and there's also a contraction, but I, I and I will be experiencing it. I will be experiencing the expansion, I will be experiencing the contraction. It's just how it is. Either my life is expanding or it's contracting, but there is no stagnation. Either I will be experiencing the, the, um, the, the love, the joy, the freedom, the serenity of expansion, or I'm going to be experiencing the, the sadness, the depression, the chaos of the contraction. I will be one or the other. This, that's the great fact. You know, these are, these are, these are, these are facts. Uh, they're, they're not just theories. I have to experience it, and I will, and I do on a daily basis. Now, the general idea is growth, but growth is not linear. That's the one thing that I've learned. In, in my uh, 21 years of, 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 uh, of, uh, uh, sobriety, growth is not linear. Growth is going to be, you know, two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back, four steps forward, three steps back. It's just, it's, it's, it, but the general direction is growth, right? So when I, when I yell at my 13 year old for acting like such a 13 year old, I'm in contraction, right? But there's, but the general, the general direction is growth, and um, there's a, a, you know, a, a, on page nineteen it says we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs, right? Um. If if you're new or you've been around for a while, it doesn't matter. I beg you, I beg you, do not be satisfied with the scraps sobriety throws you away. Uh, Experience the abundance of of recovery. Experience the abundance of of Alcoholics Anonymous. Experience the abundance of joy, freedom that comes with recovery. Uh, you know, I, I've done, I, I, I was a drinker and drugger with no recovery whatsoever. And then I came to Alcoholics Anonymous and I was a drunk, you know, that, uh, that had recovery and it was amazing. My life was transformed. Then I was a drunk that had zero recovery and I got to a suicidal place. And now again, I'm back to that, to that place where, you know, I'm a drunk that has recovery and it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I, I, I unfortunately cannot say I have a life beyond my dreams. Uh, I, I'm not where I want to be, but I sure as heck I'm not where I was, and that was a very dark, nasty, ugly place to be, you know. Um, uh, on on uh, on on page forty-five. On page forty-five, it says, "Well, that's exactly what this book is about." Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Singular problem. It's not problems. It's just one single problem. Right? When 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 I was drinking, and even in sobriety, I. Um, I constantly had to fix things, right? I had a problem with my relationship, I had to fix it. I had a problem with my health, I had to fix it. I had a problem with my finances, I had to fix it. I had to fix it. I was constantly fixing things in my life. And so one day I realized I'm not broken, just disconnected. Um, I'm disconnected from you, I'm disconnected from me, I'm disconnected from my higher power. So you're not broken, just disconnected. And, um... And that's what I wish for, 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 uh, for, for, for everybody that, uh, that, that is whether in, in the program or coming back, you know, that you, that you find this, this, uh, this is a, this is a spiritual program. This is a, it is a, 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 a program of growth. And, and, um, it's based on, uh, on, on realizing that you're not alone. And you don't have to do it all alone. And no matter what you're experiencing, it, there's, there's, there's going to be someone else that is either currently experiencing the same thing or has already gone through it. So I would just say that you are not alone. And the last thing I would, I would say is, um, is, you know, everyone in Alcoholics Anonymous, especially, uh, you know, everyone on this planet, but especially everyone in Alcoholics Anonymous, we're all angels. However, we're all injured with just one single wing. The only way to fly is to embrace each other. Uh, my name's Ahmad, and I my, my arms are wide open. I thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Ahmad. That was great. I It was about time we heard a story from somebody that loved alcohol and had a great time drinking and at the same time has... Come so far from what you once were. So it sounds like you really had this really big emotional bottom before you got sober, and then while you were sober.
1: Right, right. I, they, there's uh, exactly that. It was these two two bottoms where. Um, I was just one one that while I was drinking, and one in total sobriety. I can't say recovery. This is, you know, I was not drinking, but yes, in in recovery. You know, and that that time that I was actually, um, uh, what happened actually uh, when on that day on September 13, 2017, I was absolutely done. I was just done. And, uh, at 7 45 AM, I was taking my son at the time was nine and I was taking him to school and I knew that I was going to drop him off and I, and I had the plan. I knew exactly what I was going to do after. So I didn't want this to be the last time that he would, he would see me just like drop him off at school and then he would come home he would be picked up and he'd be told that your dad is like, so I wanted to say goodbye in, in the way I could. So I told him, I told him, um, uh I, um, 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 I told him I have to move away. And he said, uh, uh, where do you have to go? I said, something's really far, really, really, really far. So we're not going to see each other anymore. He said, never? I said, no, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop you off, but I won't, we won't be able to see each other anymore. And he said, why? Why do you have to move away? And I told him because um, uh, I, I got this job that's really far. And he said, but you have a job. And I said, yeah, but it doesn't pay us what we need, right? And so uh, I, I don't make enough. I just don't make enough. So this other job that I have that's really far that, you know, we won't be able to see each other anymore, it pays me enough. You, you'll be able to get an iPad, you know. You'll be able to get a, a dog. Uh, you'll be able to get um, a um, – uh, uh, you'll be able to take that acting class that you always wanted to. And in my mind, what I thought would happen was he would say, Uh well dad, I'm gonna miss you, but maybe we can FaceTime with my iPad. Come on, maybe there's a way that you could write. Like this is what I thought would happen. But I turned to him and he's just falling. He's falling. I don't want an iPad. I don't want to die. I just want, and I, and I thought, oh my God, I, you know, he, I, 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 I misread this. So I pulled over, I stopped driving. I just pulled over and we started talking. And uh, in, in our discussion, I realized my son didn't need an iPad. You know, he needed an iPad. And so right after that, I went to take him to school and I dropped him off and he said, uh, before he got out of the car, he said, promise me you're going to come pick me up. And I told him, I'll come pick you up. And he said, no, dad, promise me. And what I've always told him is a person with integrity is someone that keeps their word. It's no matter what happens, a person with, with integrity keeps the promises that they make. And a person with wisdom is someone who knows in their lifetime. Not to make too many of those promises, but when you make that promise, you keep it. And so he said, "Promise me." And I told him, "I promise you, I'm going to come pick you up." And I drove off, thinking, "Okay, now, now what?" And so I ended up come going back to Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, my sponsor told me, you're, you, I don't care if you have 17 years, you're a new plan. So we're going to do this, you're going to go that. And, then, and and it was like I started all over again from zero at 17 years, almost 18 years of sobriety. So if my son had said, I can't wait to use my iPad we and we can, we can FaceTime, you'd have a different speaker here today.
0: <clears throat> wow. I'm really glad that you told that story. What is your relationship with your son today?
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, we have uh, again. We we laugh a lot in this house. I, I didn't hear my, myself laugh for like a decade. You know, maybe I wouldn't say decade and a half, but like a good decade. I just didn't hear myself laugh. But we have these great laughs in this house. You know, like down, like gut wrench, gut hurting, you know, can't breathe, tear dropping kind of laughter. And it's it's on a regular basis. We just have a wonderful, wonderful environment. Uh, my son even knows that, you know, my wife and I aren't really together, but we're together. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, so it just, if maybe if my wife's in the kitchen and I walk up behind her and I'll, I'll hug her from behind and we'll just chat a little bit or something, uh, Mark's son see that he'll come and say, he'll, he'll be like oh second wedding second mm-hmm. wedding you know he'll just but uh, but it's a great relationship it's really wonderful we we um, you know we we, we try to uh, we spend uh, time together and we we do things together he, he you know uh, whether it's his math or it's his music you know we just it's a it's a wonderful relationship where. Um, it, he feels comfortable um, just being himself, and uh, and that's what we, we, we love and support. You know, so it's a wonderful relationship with my wife as well. Just it's a, it's an amazing relationship. So we have a really a warm, loving home. So it's uh, it's it's not there's no animosity or tension. It's just it's just amazing amazing um, uh, energy in the house.
0: That sounds like a pretty good life, almost of one's wildest dreams to have a happy, safe home. Certainly, that's unusual for children. It sounds like your son has stability that you did not have.
1: That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, I mean, I, 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 I think of when I think of like wildest dreams. You know, there's, there's, again, you know, there's this, this, this old saying that says. Um, the poor long for riches and the rich long for heaven, but the wise seek serenity, right? And, and that is, is, is absolutely priceless. That's, that's what I have been given by coming back. And you're absolutely right. It, It is. And that is, is a huge transformation, but in the sense of like, uh, career or finances. I'm I'm starting all over again. You know, I'm 52 and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm like back in school, and it just feels like uh, the 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 mind telling me things of should right. You should be here. You should be there. But besides the, the those shoulds, um, I just uh, there. You know, it's not. Uh, a very there there are definitely struggles in different areas of of my life, which is normal, right? It's just, it's, just, it's 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 part of uh, pain is, is 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 a part of life, you know. Oh, pain is a part of life, but suffering is not, right? Pain is pain is me putting my my hand uh, on a on a hot stove and immediately removing it. And, uh, there might be some damage. I put some, you know, so a little burn or, or I'll, I'll put some cream on it. But suffering is me keeping my hand on it thinking it's going to get better. It's going to get, better. I can do this. I have right. a brilliant so,
0: idea. I'll figure it yeah, out.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, the serenity is, is, is beyond, uh, beyond belief. There's always going to be some kind of, uh, struggle, but, you know, it's just, it's just, I didn't, uh, uh, picture myself starting all over and going back to school, and, and, and you know, uh, doing all these things that I'm doing. Uh, and so there's there's a bit of of, of uh, there's there's obstacles, difficulties, struggles, and it and it just it gets tiring, you know. That I I um I, I have put myself due to the decisions of that I had made. Um, uh, in this in this uh, in this in this position, but you're right. The serenity. The thing is also what what happens is is life. Um, my life declined incrementally. So it's ever so subtle, ever so subtle, ever so subtle until it gets to a point where. Um, you know you 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 can't take it anymore like you you know but but what happens is as as the standard keeps uh, keeps lowering one keeps adjusting to that standard i believe what happens when somebody hits uh, a bottom is you know, the, the bottom drops too quickly for them to adjust and they just can't handle it you know
0: yeah i've heard i've heard that sentiment in it Resonates for sure. <clears throat> but it sounds like there was one part I was looking for in my notes, but you generally sound like somebody from your story that likes the growth part. So whatever phase you're in at 52, you know, you appreciate the opportunity to grow and get to the other side of whatever you're going through. So it's that ego and that fear, which to me is the opposite of God or opposite of love is fear. And it's that, that sounds like telling you you're not where you should be at 52, which is complete bullshit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What happens to me, I, I've seen my entire life as this mosaic, right? And it's this mosaic that has, you know, just millions or whatever pieces, little pieces that's been put together it's like a puzzle that, that all fits together. And at any given time, right, I have this piece in my hand and and I need to add this next piece to this masterpiece that once it's completed and I stand back and look at it is my life. It's my entire existence, right? But sometimes the piece that I'm holding in my hand is really beautiful. I just don't want to let it go. It's just gorgeous. But I have to place it. And then at some time, the piece is just, it looks like an ugly piece, like this one piece is my, and I can't get rid of it fast enough, but it just happens to be this one piece at this given time that I need to place and then continue on. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, there is a lot of that going on. You know, I remember talking to my uh, uh, sponsor and uh, <laughs> about about certain, certain thoughts, and I told him, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I have, 20 years, of the time goes, 20 20 years of sobriety, uh, I should know better. And he said, what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Like, welcome to the human race, dude. What are you talking about? I should know better. Just because you have time, like you don't, you you know, you think you're going to react to life differently. What does that mean even? I should know better. You know, I just figured like I I should be bulletproof and shouldn't, I should be immune to all these different emotions that, that, that you know one doesn't grow up in a, um, in a in a in a vacuum like we have all these different experiences you know and so and, and, and a lot of them end up being these false belief systems that 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 guide uh, mainly fears right it's these fears that are guiding me that 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 guide my next uh, decision you know that's that's exactly what happens you know, so it, it, it's if I could if I could give you an example, like there's 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 this uh, uh, and I can give you like an analogy is, is, is elephants in Thailand, you know, when they raise elephants in Thailand. Uh, what they do is, I and mean, this is not, you know, I don't want to get into the, the animal rights and humanitarian and all this, but it's just it's just, it's just an analogy of, of what, what, what they do with the elephant. What they do is when a baby elephant is born, they tie a rope to one of its legs and they tie uh, the other end to a tree. And this elephant will try and try and try to get away, but it won't. It can't, right? Now, they don't they don't torture the animal, they feed it, they give it water, right? But they'll break the elephant after two days, three days, one week, whatever it takes. This this, this baby elephant will realize that it cannot break free from this rope. Now, what happens is much later on, when this elephant becomes a full-sized adult elephant, it can break free from the rope or even break free from some chains. But all they have to do is put a string around that elephant's leg, and they can guide that elephant wherever they want to go. And that's exactly what happens with my false limited belief system. Right? I have this belief system of what a man is, what a woman is, how a man should talk to a woman, what, a, what, a, how an employer should talk to, how a dad should talk to, like all of these, these, these belief systems that I grew up with, and a, a lot of them are just based in fear or experience, and this is what guides my every decision. It's just like that that rope, and what Alcoholics Anonymous did for me was cut that rope, right, so I'm free. Is a question that they asked, How free do you want to be? So that's what that's what alcoholics anonymous did was 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 you know it helped me set aside everything I think I know for a new experience and a, for an open mind and a new experience, and that's that's what uh, that's what happens with uh, with with this program, where you you get to see and and be free of the limited belief systems that you have. One thing I'd, I'd like to also share about this spiritual experience is that. Um, you know, Bill Dover, you had a white light experience. That was not my experience, right? I, I, I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, an atheist. There was no God, and if there was a God, I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, I was raised Muslim, but I'm no more Muslim than anyone i listened to. I, I, I just didn't, I hated religion and, and, um, you know, I just I wasn't into religion. And I ended up having these different experiences where I slowly but surely began to realize that there is a higher power. I'll give you two. For example, one time I was working nights and my sponsor told me that I needed to work. I needed to go to meeting every night. And I told him, I can't, I work at night. He says, well, you need to start working in the day. I said, listen, I've been working at the same job for 13 years. And, uh, you know, this is what I do. And so if I was to work days, you know, I just, I I can't switch to days. And he said, well, why? I said, because somebody would have to get fired in order for me to start working days. They have everybody they need. He said, pray about it. I said, pray what? Pray that somebody should get fired? He said, no. Tonight, when you go to sleep, I want you to pray and just say, God, I need your help. I need to go to meetings regularly, and and I can't do it uh, if if I'm working at night. Can you please help me work in the daytime? And it sounded so incredibly stupid. I said, This is just stupid, but I did it because I was desperate and I and I and I was done. So I did it. I did it. I went to sleep. In the morning, I was awoken by a phone call. And it was, it was uh, my boss, right? It was the owner saying, Hey, listen, uh, the medical dealer, uh, he just quit just right this morning, up and quit. So I don't need you working at night anymore. Can you start working days? And it, it was like, it was, it was just incredible. I, I literally looked at the phone like this, this is, and I called my sponsor and I shared it with him and he was not as surprised that it happened as I was. He was just like, yeah, okay, great. But this this was like an experience. Or I remember I had I can't remember was it thirty days or three months? I, early early recovery early recovery. And I was um, I was in London, and I had left the hotel room. I wanted to go buy a couple of things to have. There was a little refrigerator, and I went to and I and I just I tried to find the supermarket. And I walked, and you know there was. In London, there's streets curve and up and down, and I don't know how long I worked. I I walked. I mean, I finally found a, um, I finally found uh, a supermarket and I went and I bought so much stuff, like, four heavy bags of stuff. And when I say stuff, I'm not just talking about like yogurt. I bought meat, like marinated meat. I'm in a hotel. Like, how am I supposed to cook it? There's no microwave even. There's no, like, how am I supposed to cook the meat? I bought so much stuff and they were so heavy. And then I had made so many lefts and rights and ups and downs. I didn't even know where I was anymore. So as I kept walking, kept walking, I, I, I was like, OK, I, I had I was smart enough to take the, the, the business card for the hotel. I knew. So I just tried to find the taxi to give them this is where I need to go but I couldn't catch a taxi. There was no taxi that would stop. If I would wave one down, they would just pass me by. And finally, I got to a point where I was at this point where I was exactly what they say you shouldn't be. I was hungry. I was angry. I was lonely. I was tired. And I was just in a very bad place. And I put them, there was this little wall, and behind me was a pub. And I was just done. And I said, God. I do not want to walk into that pub, so I need your help, right? So if you are there and you want to help me, then you need to do it No! Now, I was saying no, not because of anger, but of desperation. I was pleading, please help me. And as soon as I said no, I heard this loud screeching, loud, loud screeching of tires, right? There was this really long... And they caught my attention. And I looked to my left, and down about maybe I don't know 100 120 yards down, there was this old woman, this very, very old woman on a, on a walker just crossing the street and she was, it's like, I think a snail passed her. She was going so slow. She was just jaywalking in the, in, in, you know, and so, and, and, and she looked, I don't know, she looked, maybe she was like 250, 260 years old, something like that. Like she was really, really old, right? Like if she farted, dust would have come out of her ass. She was so old and she was just, Inching forward with her with her walker, and she was and, and and the car slammed on its brakes, so it didn't hit her. And the car behind that, 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 all the way to like I don't know the twelfth, fifteenth car that stopped directly in front of me was a taxi, and I just started looking at the taxi. And for whatever reason, the taxi driver turned his head. He looked at me, and I just pointed to him, and he ushered me in with his head. I grabbed my bags, I got in the car, and I started crying like a good girl in a bad place. And these are the kinds of experiences that I had when I tell you that my spirituality or my experience, it was, it was, a, it was a experiential, right? I had these kinds of experiences over and over again That where I came to believe that there is a power greater than me.
0: For more information, read the first 164 pages of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous or visit keepcomingback.net.